0: Hey everyone, thanks for tuning into this episode of the Aquademia Podcast. I'm Sean O'Laughlin.
1: I'm Justin Grant.
0: And today, Maddie is not able to be with us for this episode. She had something come up, but uh, we are speaking with another seafood podcaster. So if you listen to the show, show regularly, you know that we've spoken with the Greenfish Blue Oceans podcast and the Monger podcast, and today we are speaking with Lourdes Gantt from the Business of Aquaculture podcast, which is a new podcast in the industry. And we love what she's doing. I've already been a guest on her show this past year. She's on season two. She does 15 episode seasons and then takes a little bit of time off and then does another season with 15 episodes. She's on season two right now. It's a great show if you are in the aquaculture industry. You'll definitely learn a lot. Make sure you check it out and enjoy this conversation with her. But before we get to that, I want to remind everybody to subscribe to Aquademia wherever you listen to podcasts so you can get every new episode downloaded directly to your device as soon as it's available.
1: Yeah, and follow us on social at AquademiaPod. If you want to be a guest or you just want to reach out to us, there's a few ways you can do that. Send us an email, podcast at globalseafood.org or visit globalseafood.org. Top of that homepage, you'll see the academia podcast tab, and that will bring you right to an embedded contact us form. Pretty simple.
0: Yep. And like Maddie usually says, make sure to leave a rating and review wherever you listen to your podcast, especially if you're in Apple podcasts, you leave that written review and a five-star rating, and it'll help us get up some charts and get in front of more potential listeners and just grow the community. So please take an extra two minutes and leave us a rating and review. We really appreciate that. All right. Enjoy this conversation that we have with Lourdes about her podcast, the Business of Aquaculture podcast, and we will talk to you at the end.
1: Welcome to the Aquademia Podcast. Our diet is hurting the environment in myriad ways. I mean, we desperately need to eat more seafood. This is a pioneering
2: industry with a whole lot of people who have really good ideas and a lot
1: of experience and are unafraid. Academia is your go-to podcast for a fresh take on all things seafood.
0: All right. Welcome, everybody. We are sitting down with Lourdes Gantt. From the business of aquaculture podcast, Lourdes, how's it going? Welcome.
2: Well, I'm so delighted to be on this show. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Of course. I, I don't know if I mentioned it in one of the episodes previously, one of our previous episodes, but I was fortunate enough to be asked to be a guest on Lourdes' podcast as well earlier in the year, um, and I sat down with her for a few minutes, um, and we talked about this show, and we talked about formerly what was GAA and is now GSA, and kind of some of the initiatives that we have and that was a pretty fun episode and i wanted to make sure we got her on the show too we've talked before about a lot of other seafood related industry podcasts and we like to kind of share those shows on our show and kind of build this community so um i really appreciate you coming on here and you know you're pretty new right It's a, it's a new podcast
2: it's a very new podcast. I started in May, first week of May, and uh, it's just amazing to have these collaborations with a lot of the industry experts and really enjoying it as well. So that's a bonus.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of fun. Justin, have you gotten a chance to listen to her show as well?
1: I, I have, yeah. I listened, uh, poked around for through, um, I think, your last two episodes. You know, it's always good to see you know, what you're talking about and, and what where there's some similarities between what you're doing and what we're doing. It's good prep work too, before we do one of these episodes.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, she, she has a lot of guests on her show and it's a lot of familiar names because I'm sure if you work in the seafood industry, you know, that it's a very, very big industry, but it's also a very small industry. You know, it's a community where a lot of people know each other. So it's kind of, kind of cool to see um, some crossover guests and some people that we know on there. So Lourdes, I just want to get to know you what you do, who you are, and then uh, we'll talk about your show. So can you give us a little intro of kind of who you are and what you do?
2: Sounds good. So I started in the aquaculture industry when I met my husband in 2007, and we got married in 2008, and the rest was history. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's the short version. But um, kidding aside, he started the duck clam aquaculture in British Columbia, Canada, and I became a part of the company in 2013, actually. So even though we met earlier, I wasn't convinced yet that I wanted to um, be in the industry. But making make a long story short, I've always seen how dynamic this industry is. And so I brought a corporate background with it. And I really enjoyed that I'm learning every day. Everything is new every day, being from another industry. It has helped me, I guess, hone in on what my skill set is and contribute that to the family business. And so with my um, certified public accountant certification and certification and risk management and assurance, I was able to actually transform our um, operations from a kind of mom and pop to a more professionalized way of doing business. And here we are a decade and three plus later doing this podcast with industry experts. And it's great to see being, I, I always say it, I'm from the Philippines originally. So if I have some accent and some Filipino English with me, um, I always say um, I like to stand in the shoulder of giants. Is that how you say it in American English?
0: <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that's pretty, pretty close. <laughs>
2: And so I learned about aquaculture. I didn't even know that word existed. So, and I didn't even know Guida, which is a king clam, as most of the people in the industry know existed. So it was quite like a kindergarten learning how to really what the alphabets are what the numbers are so that's where I started in this industry and I am just so grateful to be given the opportunity to be of service to this industry because in a way I like what you said Sean that it's small but it's big but it's a community as well and so most of the people that I met in the podcast were people who have been in it for quite a while, but they were really gracious enough to extend their time and share their expertise. So I learn a lot every time I interview somebody.
0: Yeah. So what was it that sparked you to want to create the podcast?
2: I belong to another group, which is an education technology group. And one of the things that we started when the pandemic happened, as you know, everybody is online. And so I started to research what's going on in the industry and how I can be of help to, I guess, educate more of the public that we're serving. Because as you mentioned, when you were a guest on season one of my podcast, I love the word that you use and I keep on using that education assets. uh, Part of the big job that we do in this industry is actually teach the audience of what we're about. Um, One of the guest speakers also talked about how um, farm you know we're in the ocean farming business and farm is a four letter word <laughs>
0: yeah. and
2: it's it has a negative connotation and so education is a big part of what we do in this industry
1: yeah and it comes in a lot of different forms right and one of the things, and we talk about this on our show a lot that you know both Sean and myself are in the we're part of the education team which is you know like a sub team of the outreach department but Not only are we doing the podcast, but we're making educational videos, and and we have an advocate, an online magazine. There's just a lot of different ways that we push out educational content, and I think it's very important to have different outlets because you're reaching, in some cases, the same audience, but in most cases, probably a different audience. People who just would rather listen to an audio piece um, while they're commuting to and from work. Or what have you? So it's just I don't know. This has been a this has been unique. Sean came from the podcast world. He has his own uh, separate podcast, and uh, this was just this was his idea years ago, and he put it together. And it's been I wouldn't say a wild ride. It's been a really fun ride, and I've had to kind of learn a lot. And both Maddie and I, we didn't, we didn't listen to as many podcasts as Sean did, but it's just, it's been fun. And it's a, it's a, it's a nice outlet to, to spread some educational content. So
0: it's a great networking tool too, to be reaching out. I mean, we do some cold reach outs with people who have no idea who we are. And we reach out to them and say, Hey, like we have this podcast, we'd love to have you talk on it and all this stuff. And then people are reaching out to us too, because we have no idea who they are and they, have something to share and something to to teach people. So it's great. I'm sure you've experienced that too. What's been your experience getting in contact with um, potential guests for your show?
2: That's, I think, one of the amazing things that happened. And I absolutely agree with both of you in terms of, you know, there's different ways of learning. So one can read a book and learn something from that or attend a seminar to make it experiential. But with the pandemic, the audio and video, way of learning has really escalated. And so um with the podcast I'm quite amazed and you mentioned about networking. It's the same experience I had with it. Just really blown away by how people are I get to know most of them wherein I don't think I'd be able to meet them if not for the podcast. So with that I'm really grateful with the platform that way.
1: There's a lot more flexibility too, right? I mean it's uh are you interested in telling your story? All you have to do is click on this link and just have a conversation. It will take less than an hour. And I think that time commitment, the ease of how people can tell their story and spread their, their knowledge is a lot simpler than maybe a commitment of uh, being a keynote or a presenter at a at a conference or you know just some of those other outlets that require a little bit more time. It's yeah.
0: amazing how many podcasts started up when the pandemic hit. It's like no one else had anything... <laughs> Everyone had nothing else to do and you can get equipment and stuff for, for pretty cheap now. And it's just like all of a sudden there's this massive influx of podcasts. But what's great is because we are in such a niche topic, even though there's like, you know, over a million podcasts out there, there's not a ton of seafood podcasts. And so that's what's, that's what I was saying when we we like to bring other seafood podcasts into this community. um, We have a pretty good following for ours and um, you know, we have a, a lot of listeners and if we can, share some of the other shows with our listeners so they can become listeners of those shows as well. It's really just going to continue to build this community that we talk about. And it's really cool because everybody has expertise in something different and everybody delivers what they know in a little bit different way, which is why you can go down, you can end up like me and like be subscribed to hundreds of different podcasts and, and uh, they can all be in the same kind of general topic, but. You learn all different things because people have different knowledge in different areas. So I'm curious what what have been some of the highlights for you in doing this? And what have you learned along the way?
2: Well before I answer that question, but I wanna comment on what you just said. I think it's brilliant about when the pandemic happened and everybody was just on it and with a million of podcasts available. That was one of the things I was worried about when I first started coming from a background of a logical mind. I'm like, should I research if there will be people who would be listening to it? But I'm just, again, surprised how this is a very niche industry. And so most of the people who actually downloaded the episodes that I had from my earlier um, sessions were from the Middle East and then from Asia. And then North America actually came third. Last and so that was quite cool to see all those stats and data from the downloads. But to answer your question, um, one of the biggest learning I had was I originally thought, well, should I come up with different questions every time that I have a different guest? But it might again my structured logical mind. Who just wanted me to create a report after season one. So I have 15 guests. I asked them the same questions. How did you get into the industry? What are the pros and challenges of the aquaculture industry? And what are the future trends in the next digital decade? And I just asked the same questions over and over. And I thought, oh, this will be a boring show. But I was quite, again, ecstatic that every time I interview somebody different, they have different answers. So at the end of the season one, I actually compilated all these reports. So I have these three reports of the Amalgamations and um, emergence of the brilliant minds in the industry for season one.
0: Wow! Yeah, that's insane. What have been uh, some of your favorite episodes that you've done?
2: Oh, that is a tough question to answer. It's it's, (laughs) um, let me see.
0: I don't want to leave anybody out in the cold, or you know anything (laughs) like that. The
1: correct answer is all of them. Right.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it is the correct answer, all of them. But I must say that it's also fascinating for me how some of them come on board without as like preparation and it was brilliant. Some of them has made like really, really prepared um, answers to the questions. Some of them ask for the questions in advance. Some of them are off the cuff, but they're all just really, I guess, It's more the connection that happened during the podcast that's important because of what's happening with COVID-19, everybody's locked down. Everybody wanted to say a piece of their mind. So in that way, that makes it all unique in each and every way.
0: Yeah, and I wanted to kind of harken back to something you said a minute ago when you were saying that you were a little nervous because there is. You know, there is over a million podcasts out there now, but my philosophy has always been one, of not of competition, but if you can find your way into the ears of one person and make them think a little bit differently or teach them something or inspire them in a certain way or change them in a certain way, I think if you can get through to one person, then that's worth it you know, one person per episode is worth it for me. My, I, like Justin said, I have an independent podcast and it's, it's not in this industry. It's, it's about music, but we, we don't get big download numbers. We don't get anywhere near the download numbers that we get here on Aqu- Aquademia, but we have a, a, one or two people that follow us very loyal. They're very loyal listeners and they interact with us after every episode and every social media post. And, um, and, and they have told us that we have impacted them in a certain way and that's enough for me. And I think, um, when you do it in a professional industry setting like we're doing, that resonates even more, right? Because you're helping people with their careers. You're helping them gain knowledge about something they are working in and that can help them advance uh, in their lives. And I think that's that's pretty important. So uh, if you ever, and it's gonna happen, Lotus, I'm telling you, I've been in podcasts a long time. If you ever start to get down and you feel like you like, why am I doing this? It's not even worth it. Believe me, it is worth it hundred percent, because you are making a difference in these people's lives. I think that's that's really understated in this in this uh, field, in this media.
2: Oh, thank you for saying that, and you're absolutely right. I think at the start it was more like I'm doubting because I'm new in the industry. I don't really have much technical experience. I was questioning my credibility if I'm. The right person to start this show, and so it was again a feedback from the people who listened to it and the guests who i had that um they're so delighted that there's this podcast specifically for the industry and since it's very niche you there's only very i guess a handful of people who is focused on this niche on seafood and sustainability so it's great to hear that um, it's really gained traction for such a period of time and look at Look at me right now. I'm a guest in your global seafood yeah. podcast. Yeah, well, I'm so proud. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, your your show is even more niche than we are because we are seafood in general, you know, responsible, uh, sustainable seafood. Like we've said on our show many times, we, we're working, we are mostly aquaculture centric, but we are working on getting a lot more wild caught stuff in there. So we're a little more broad. Yours is aquaculture specific. It is the business of aquaculture podcast. And, uh, so you, you're even more kind of niched down. So you, you, uh, you know, your listeners are, are looking for some more specific information. So that's pretty good.
1: So can I piggyback off that, Sean? I yep. just, I think it will be good for our audience. And we've talked about this a little bit already with the show, but I'd like, could you just give a, you know, a nice little rundown of your show, but also talk about, I mean, what, what's the future? What's 2022 going to look like? Do you, what, do you have any, uh, vision for, for changes, or, I mean, you've probably learned a lot in the last, what has it been, six, seven months. What's the future hold? And I guess before you talk about that, just, you know, just a quick real rundown of, of your podcast.
2: All right. So the podcast mission is, of course, to support the Sustainable Development Goals Number 14 on um, the ocean sustainability and, interestingly It's kind of morphing in such a way as well of people talking about both sustainability and aquaculture emerging together. And so that's kind of where I'm envisioning this to happen more and more, where people are going to be talking about how it impacts more on what's happening in climate change, net zero, and all that's going on in the environmental impact that the business of aquaculture um, is bringing to the table, so that's kind of where it's morphing right now.
1: Excellent. I'm trying to think of how it's just so it's just so interesting, and I think we have a lot of episodes. Kind of what what, what episode are we at, Sean? We're we're over a hundred episodes. We hit that milestone um, a few months ago.
0: Yeah, this is episode 109.
2: Very cool.
1: <laughs> and and it happens very quickly. And we've actually gone back and forth, right? We had a bi-monthly release when we started. Year two was weekly. Is that right, Sean?
0: We started out weekly, and then we went every other week, and now we're back to weekly.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's good to know, because I originally wanted to start with twice a month, and then I felt like I gained so much traction on the first season that they requested it to be weekly. So it's weekly now. Um but i i kind of like the weekly because it gets me into a routine hmm. and i um, talking about structure so i have yeah. like 15 guests every season and i'd like to kind of have a little bit of a break four weeks break and then i plan during that break of the 15 guests for the next season and see if I'm, I wanted to continue with the structure that I started, wherein I, I can even have just one question that I ask all of the guests and then compile them all. So it's like a mastermind of the answers. So for this second season, for the first season, I concentrated on the future trends. For this second season, I'm concentrating on the solutions to the challenges that came up from season one. Well, that's a good approach.
0: Yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna ask you kind of what what drove you to decide to make that decision to go seasons uh, as opposed to kind of continuously going. I've, I, that's always intrigued me because of all the podcasts I've done, I've never done seasons, but it, it is kind of enticing to have that downtime for planning.
2: <laughs> well, it's from a lot of I guess TV shows that my family has watched over the pandemic. <laughs> to tell you the truth (laughs) so I have an 11 well 12 year old now he just turned um, 12 last Monday and uh, we've watched a lot of TV shows and one of the things that really fascinated us is okay after season one okay what's gonna happen with season two we're gonna have a break so it was good to actually just structure it that way
0: (laughs) so where are you uh, in season two right now
2: I'm on episode five for season two
0: all right so ten more episodes in season two yes what is, do you have an idea of what you're going to focus on for season three?
2: Not yet. I'm not there yet. But if I have to guess, it would be more along the lines of what I mentioned, more on uh, how aquaculture is solving some of the sustainability challenges in the industry. Because um, a lot, well, not a lot, ma- majority of the people actually in season one. Are talking about pivoting in terms of how the aquaculture lingo and aquaculture, I guess connotation for the word has gotten a little bit out of hand, especially with one of the documentary that came out, as you know. And so, mm. and then solving one of that as one of the challenges for season two. And so on the third one, I'm thinking about okay, how can they? Act, how are they actually implementing this? So follow through for I'm talking about the solution is actually how practically that will apply. So that's kind of what I have in my head.
0: <laughs> Very cool. And do you have everything recorded already for season two? I know you you, you do it all cool. ahead of time before you release everything, right? Or you try to get as he- ahead as you can?
2: I did for season one. I'm a little bit behind for season two. So I only actually have six episodes Recorded for season two right now, and I have a bunch of conversations that's going to happen to schedule the remaining guests for season two. But please do send me guests who will be <laughs> interested. <laughs> Actually, next Monday I'm interviewing um, Aqua Sparks, Amy Novogratz. I'm really go. grateful for that. I'm excited for that.
0: Nice. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm sure if you reach out to anyone that we have had on the show, they they will be more than welcome to to join your show as well. And and you can connect me, you know, include me in the contacts and I'll, I'll back you up. I'll vouch for you.
2: (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. I'll do that.
0: So I I have a couple more questions. I don't, you know, I don't want to go too long, um, but we've talked a little bit about it, but what has been the, the response? Uh, I know I've seen a lot of engagement on LinkedIn because every time you release an episode, you, you tag all of us that have been guests on the show. So I I like to see kind of when new stuff is out and what the response has been on that. But what, what have you seen from the response and is it what you were hoping for or what you expected or is it more or less? What, uh, you know, what's what's happened like?
2: So I am excited to share with everybody that I was really blown away by the results. Like in three months, I got like a thousand downloads. And what has inspired me now is that I did a little bit of a competition for the guests on season one. So every time, uh, and you're right, so I promoted on LinkedIn on Tuesday that they're coming out on Friday. And then I actually, other than LinkedIn and social media posts, I actually email most of the people in our, I guess, network, especially the guests, and tell them, you know, shared podcasts. And um, the other thing that I did differently with the show is that our company actually has partnered up with B1G1.com. We're in for every download of the episode. We help build a home in the Philippines. So that actually really inspired people to share it away. And so um, with the contest and gamification that I did with the guests, I do tell them who's number one spot this week and so if you wanted to catch up with the other episodes share more away so that was one fun thing I did with them now I'm actually thinking should I actually create an electronic magazine because it's now gotten to a point where in okay every week I'm sending this email to people who are guests on the podcast either on social media or via email and so that's I think where I gain traction a lot.
0: That was my next question is is, do you have plans to kind of branch out from this and use this Platform to, to kind of spawn any other types of products or, or assets?
2: <laughs> um, I'm not thinking about that right now. In fact, even the result of the future trends from season one, I originally thought, should I make it a downloadable, downloadable link wherein I can um, gain more contacts? But it was more of a value driven that I just said, you know, I'm not even going to have you opt in. Just here's the link and you download it. So I haven't really gone that far yet in terms of what. I wanted to do in terms of education assets, but I'm looking at best practices and see where it can go from there. But um, as of this time, I don't have any plans yet.
0: Very cool. Before we wrap up, can you talk about that, that partnership that you just mentioned? That seems like a pretty big deal. How does that work?
2: Oh, um, from this other company that I'm associated with the education technology company that I mentioned earlier, so they have a partnership with uh, Paul Dunn and his team on b one g one b one is Bravo and then number one and g golf number one dot com wherein they have a bunch of outreach supporting different. Um, I guess, sustainable development goals and depending on which one you wanted to support. So if you go to B1G1.com, I just chose um, building a home in the Philippines because that's I mentioned I'm originally from the Philippines. And so for each activity that you do in your company, um, there's a contribution associated. So every time someone downloads the podcast, every time someone listens to the podcast, I... There's a contribution element that we do and then um, I also have they also have really cool shareable uh, certificates so I know you you got one when you were a guest on the podcast or and I just print from their platform a gratitude certificate for people who has been on it and so this has been a really gratifying activity for me and so it has helped to be able to promote that I guess social contribution as well.
0: That's amazing. We'll make sure we, we put a link to that in the show notes as well. Yeah, it's your podcast so people can see that. B1G1.com. Uh, I'm on there right now. It looks like a pretty amazing organization. So It is. Justin, do you have any other questions or comments or anything you want to bring up?
1: Well, I would like to ask, uh, there may be some of our listeners who want to be on your show. I'm sure there will be some some traffic and if someone is interested in being on your show what is the best way for them to contact you
2: do email me at Lourdes Gantt so that's direct my direct email my full name l o u r d e s gant g-a-n-t at manateeholdings.com
1: and we'll, and- we'll put links to the, these okay, contacts great. if you're okay with that in the show notes
2: yes.
0: Yeah, definitely reach out. She's she's willing to have anyone on that has something valuable to share, and uh, I I really do recommend to our listeners that you check out the Business of Aquaculture podcast because it's fantastic. And if you listen to this show, you're probably gonna like that show too. Is there anything else, Lourdes, that you want to get out there while you have the platform?
2: Well, thank you very much again for having me on the show and. Uh as you know sustainable partnerships is one of the goals for having this collaboration so i'm really honored to be on the show and i look forward to having you guys on my show as well and who would want to be on my podcast the business of aquaculture podcast it's all on your favorite podcast platform
0: awesome so make sure you subscribe to that show As well as this one. Lourdes, thank you so much for joining us and for all the hard work you're doing for the industry and and to get the education out there and spread the word and build a community. We really appreciate it. So thank you for joining us. And uh, we'll talk to you soon.
2: Pleasure. Thank you.
0: Folks, that was our conversation with Laura Scant from the Business of Aquaculture podcast. As always, we hope you enjoyed it. We hope you learned something and we hope you will go over to her show, subscribe and listen and support her show as much as you support us because the more people that we can bring into this community and spread all of this knowledge that is being shared, the better. So please make sure you check out her show Please make sure you subscribe to our show so you can get every episode directly downloaded automatically to your device whenever they're available.
1: Yeah, if you want to see screenshots of our guests and us recording an episode or any highlights or updates to our show, we are on Twitter. That's our social handle, at Pod. If you want to be a guest or just have a question or comment about our show, two ways you can do that. Send us an email, podcast at globalseafood.org, or fill out the contact us form that is embedded on the Octodemia page, also located at globalseafood.org.
0: And remember to leave a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts to help us get up some charts and, you know work that algorithm a little bit so we can get in front of more potential listeners and just grow the community and spread this knowledge to more ear holes thank you so much for listening and we will talk to you next time ciao bye